You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm Lynn Galadner, and I've dedicated my life to sharing stories of how people make meaning in their work and find purpose in their lives. On this podcast, we're going to talk about some of the great ideas and activities people do every day to make the world a better place and provide inspiration for others. So much of the meaning we find comes from interacting with great people, developing relationships that are mutually beneficial, and doing work that inspires everyone. I hope you'll be inspired by the people you meet here. We all need to find a way to make meaning in the mundane. All right, welcome back to the Make Meaning Podcast. Today, I am speaking with Lionel Bradford, who's president and executive director of the Greening of Detroit. The Greening is a nonprofit devoted to creating sustainable growth for a healthy urban community through trees, green spaces, food, education, training, and job opportunities. Lionel has a bachelor's degree in urban forestry from Southern University in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and he began his career as a forestry technician with the U.S. Forest Forest Service in New Mexico. Welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast, Lionel. Thank you for having me, Lynn. I'm excited to be here with you guys today. Me too. Me too. Um, I have to say, I really love the idea of working for the Forest Service. I know we're taking it back a step, although it does connect to the greening of Detroit. But it just seems like what a cool opportunity to just sort of map out these beautiful spaces for Americans to enjoy. So was that what it was like? Am, am I idealizing this career a little bit? <laughs> that, that's exactly what it's like. And, and unfortunately, a lot of people from uh, urban areas don't get a chance too often to get out and see the national forests that we have yeah. uh, within the United States. Um, it's beautiful land. Um, I was lucky enough to get into urban forestry uh, as a major in college, uh-huh. which afforded me the opportunity to uh, do a couple of internships with the Forest Service. And then upon graduating from college, get a uh, position as a forestry tech in New Mexico. So cool. You know, it's it's really interesting because um, I'm a native Detroiter and my parents are as well. My dad, who's 80, um, a few years ago, we went driving around to Detroit in Detroit and he was showing me the neighborhoods where he grew up and he spent his childhood among three different houses. And I think two were still standing, but one was a completely vacant lot. Um, it was a beautiful meadow, actually. And I see that all the time in Detroit now. We have some beautiful development and uh, rehabilitation but we also have these wonderful green spaces. And I'm assuming that that ties into your mission. Am I right? It does. It does. Our motto is growing uh, Detroit's tomorrow together. I love it. Um, And so uh, I don't know if you know, Lynn, but at one point, Detroit was known as the Paris of the Midwest. I did. For its pre-canopy cover. Yeah. 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 And over the past 50 years or so, we've lost well over a million trees due Uh, to disease, uh, uh, neglect, urbanization, you name it. Mm -hmm. And so our organization, the Green of Detroit, was founded to reforest the city. Mm -hmm. That was our goal. Okay. And since then, um, we we planted, uh, this year actually, we celebrate 30 years of existence. Congratulations. Um, Over those 30 years, thank you, thank you. (laughs) Over those 30 years, we planted over 100,000 trees within the city of Detroit. Wow. And so, as you mentioned, a lot of vacant land in Detroit. At its height, I think about 40 square miles of vacant land, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. And 
where most people will see that as a, a liability, we saw that as an opportunity, an sure. asset of sure. vacant land, because what we do is take vacant land and, and make productive green space out of it. Okay. So, yeah, tell me a little bit about that. You know, first of all, my first question is, why do we need to have, you know, urban green spaces? And then secondly, what types of urban green spaces are we looking to cultivate? So tell me a little bit about that. Well, great questions. Uh, first, I think it's very important that we have green space within urban areas. There's okay. so many um, environmental benefits from green space. Mm-hmm. Um, one being that uh, stormwater. Stormwater oh, yeah. is huge, and, yep. and we have a combined sewer system here. And so at times we get uh, raw sewage going into our, our lakes. Oh. And, and the river, Detroit River, where we get most of our drinking water from. Oh, wow. Uh, and so uh, with, with, with green spaces uh, and, and different type of green infrastructure installations like trees and native plants, bioswales, you name it, mm-hmm. uh, those installations can actually trap some of that storm water, uh-huh. slow it down a little bit, and stop it from going into the system, causing flooding into the basement. Okay. of residents. Okay. And so that's a that's a one uh big, big environmental benefit. Sure. The other thing is that you hear about urban uh heat effect. Yeah. And that is um when we don't have tree canopy uh enough to block the sun and so it actually heats up the place more, especially in an urban area that's full of what we call gray infrastructure. So sure. a lot of concrete and, yep. and roads and things of that nature. Yep. And so there's so many benefits and so many reasons that we need green spaces and green infrastructure uh, within a, a, an urban uh, city yep. uh, that I can go on and on. Well, um, and, and, and your, your sec. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Go, go right ahead. Here. No, please. I get to talking about this stuff. (laughs) You know what? I have to tell you, it's a kindred spirit thing because I'll go hiking in the woods any time of the year. And there's something about being among the trees, um, especially when they're in bloom and you have, um, you know, the leaves overhead and you feel like you're sort of in this enclosed, beautiful space um, away from the world, so to speak. And it's just reinvigorating. I find it energizing. I find it, it spurs my creativity. It's, it's like I'm just renewed from being in the forest. Do you feel that way? Yes. I mean, I, I really think that um, that it's a healing type of uh, situation. It is. Uh, to be in nature. Yes. Um, there are some studies that show that patients in hospitals, uh, that rooms are facing trees and green space, recover sooner than those who don't. Really? And so huh. um, there's, there's so many uh, healing powers to... Uh, green space and trees and nature that um, I think it's it's worthy to talk about. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I mean, I just think it's very cool that this has been your expertise and, and your career. Um, and then I love that it's happening in my city. It's just great, you know? Um, <laughs> yes. So yes. Re- reimagining what Detroit can be. Exactly, exactly. And one thing I'd like to mention, if you don't mind, is yeah. that what we do here at the Greening of Detroit um, in terms of, of of reclaiming vacant land and making productive green space uh, use of it and uh, by planting trees and, and installing green infrastructure uh, installations. That's um, kind of the, 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 the uh, features of what we do. But the benefits of that is that we're, we're creating jobs. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a there's a whole workforce here in Detroit, a whole group, a segment of people who are left behind out of these jobs because they don't have the skills. Right. Um, and they don't have the opportunity. Um, we have an adult workforce training program where we train adults who have barriers to employment. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. These could be returning citizens from prison. Sure. Um, veterans. Uh, folks without high school diplomas, you name it. Okay. And we train them for eight weeks. Okay. And landscape, uh, ornamental landscape technicians is uh-huh. one training, and then we have a tree artisan training. Okay. And after they'll, they're done with the training, they get multiple credentials throughout. Okay. And we're able to place them with, with into green jobs with uh, some of our employer partners. Nice. And so... Um, and the, a big part of that is that we get to retain some of those folks to work on our projects that we do. So we're creating jobs when we're when we're uh, uh, installing these installations. Yeah, I love it. So really, growth in a lot of directions: human, um, environmental, urban. Just so many different outcomes from the work that you do. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, our, all of our work has, of course, environmental impact, but then we also like to look at the economic and social impact of our work as well. Sure, sure. Because nothing happens in a vacuum. And this nothing. human capital <laughs> is so important, you know. Exactly, exactly. So you have this really interesting career. You've been an entrepreneur and you've worked for the government and you've been a salesman and now you're leading this eco-conscious nonprofit. So I wonder what drives you in your work. Is there something that pulls it all together or a driving purpose that sort of took you through every different phase of your career thus far? Um, great question. I think that um, first and foremost, I love people. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I love working with people. I love being able to make an impact on on people's lives, and that's driven me. Sure, um, that's driven me throughout my career, throughout my life. Yeah, and um, every job that I've had, I've been able to interact with people and in some way uh, make an impact. Mm-hmm. And so, um, out of everything that I've done, I have to say that that leading this great organization is the best by far hmm. because I actually get to do that on a daily basis, really get into the community and know the community, know the residents and, and do what I can to uh, make sure that the organization is going in a direction to serve the community. Yeah. And so just making an impact on people is, is uh, definitely what drives me. That's really cool. Do you have any kind of rituals or routines that help you, you know, touch into that purpose on a regular basis? Like when things get stressful or unexpected curveballs come your way, is there is there anything you do to just stay grounded in that purpose? I pray. Ah, love it. Honestly, I do. Uh-huh. I have a, a very good relationship with uh, God, and I like to pray, and I, I take time out to pray, and I do be that that uh, God honors my steps and, and really listens to my prayer. And, and that can calm any situation. Prayer changes things. I'm a firm believer of that. Yes. And that's, that's where I go. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Wonderful. Well, in all of your different positions, have you um, defined what makes a good leader? I mean, you're leading this incredible mission and organization right now, impacting a lot of people. You know, what do you think are the, are the traits that are key for a, a, an effective leader? Um, well, I think there are a number of traits that an effective leader has to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that any uh, two people lead the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you have to actually um, 
know the people that you're dealing with, know the people that you're leading, know sure. the organization or our uh, company that you're leading okay. and lead uh, from that standpoint. I believe that um, nothing should be top down. Uh-huh. I think that your employees or your staff should always have uh, some type of uh, input into decisions that are made that yeah. will affect them. Yep. Um, and I think listening, listening to, to what your staff uh, needs are, listening to what the community needs are, uh-huh. um, and listening is, I mean, it's, it's a great thing. Uh, we have two ears for a reason. <laughs> and so um, that's, that, that, those are some of the, the biggest traits for an effective leader, I believe. Yeah. It's funny. I'm, I'm the mom of four teenagers right now, and um, I don't think a lot of listening happens wow. in my house. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, and I think it's important because as I tell my kids, and they just sort of roll their eyes, but if, if I haven't finished my sentence and you're already launching into your rebuttal, then you haven't heard what I've said. And so that art of listening is just being there with someone and being fully present and taking in what they say. And you can, uh, there's always time to formulate your response, <laughs> you know? It's, it is. Yeah. It is. And effective <laughs> communication. You can never say enough about that. And a part of that is listening. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I'm wondering if you have any words of wisdom to share with our listeners about how to make meaning in your work or find your purpose um, and live it. You know, any words of wisdom you'd like to pass along? Sure. Well, I I think um, from my standpoint, um, I I truly believe that you have to set goals Mm -hmm. and you have to really set high goals for yourself. Okay. Um, I think if you're comfortable, um, you probably should look at your situation, um, and, and really examine your situation. Uh Um, we should always be striving to, to do better and get better Uh and be around those who can, can lift you up and make you better. Uh Um, I like to surround myself with people who are no more than me. Sure. I feel like if I'm the smartest person in the room, then I'm in the wrong room. <laughs> and, yes. and, and so uh, that that would be, you know, just a little advice from me. Okay. Um, set your goals and, and really uh, surround yourself with, with positive people. I love it. I love it. Well, Lionel Bradford from the Greening of Detroit, it has been such a pleasure to speak with you. I think we could talk for hours, um, but I have to wrap this up. So I just want to thank you for being on the Make Meaning podcast today. Thank you, Lynn. It's been my pleasure, and thank you for having me. Thank you for thinking of the Greening of Detroit. Um, please go and visit our website at www.thegreeningofdetroit.com. That was my question, is how can we find opportunities you? Yes. on all of our programming. Okay. So you do need volunteers, and um, there's okay. all kinds of opportunities? Yeah? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We, we work with upwards of 5,000 volunteers a year. Excellent. All right, you listeners out there, check out The Greening of Detroit and look for Lionel Bradford when you do. So thanks for being here. (laughs) Thank you, Lynn. Have a good one. You too. Thanks for listening to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm Lynn Galadner, and I've really enjoyed being here with you today. You can find the Make Meaning Podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And I'd love it if you'd share our great conversations with all your people so we can add meaning wherever we go and whatever we do.